Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number 137. Today I want to highlight the poetry of Lorna D. Cervantes. I met Lorna D. Cervantes in 2010 in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, or Oklahoma City. Don't remember the exact city, but I remember that night that she read. I remember her reading, and I remember that I was mesmerized by her a vivid demonstration, her command of language, the music of her language, her uh, linguistic play, especially the sound that she brings into her public readings. I also like her work, uh, has a lot of internal rhyme, which I find to be uh, uh, very effective when a poet uses internal rhyme. Uh, Lorna Dee, of course, is one of the leading voices, if not the leading voice, for Chicana literature in American letters. A lot of her work exhibits a double consciousness in the poetry where you have a a speaker or a character with a split between the marginalized world and the mainstream world and the conflict that comes because of that. Um, Her work uh, exhibits a a deep empathy for poor, marginalized people um, and has a universal concern She's just a really, really fine poet. I want to read uh, from several of her selections. Um, I'm going to start with a book titled Drive, the First Quartet, which was published by Wings Press in 2006, Wings Press in San Antonio, Texas. The first poem that I want to read is titled Portrait of a Little Boy Feeding a Stray in Sarajevo. The kitten isn't interested in bread, You can tell from its lip it's purring. She is looking at the boy, the expression of his intent. He is on a mission. He is feeding the poor. He squats in the crevice of the cave where the shell has landed on but not destroyed this busy orphanage. His black sneakers bear a hole the shape of the cracked cornerstone as if his right little toe were on a journey of its own, freed from the master foot. He could be an altar boy, lighting the candles, striking the chest, swinging the forbidden religious sap. But he's not. He's content for the time, coaxing the cat with a yellow morsel the size of a severed thumb. It could be chicken, but the cat isn't interested in chicken. She sits shabby on her haunches like the boy, Her white fists knead the rubble as if this mother were wearing a political shirt with the slogan, unreadable in this moment. His outstretched arm on the knee, balanced as a circus trainer, disciplined. An orphan and stray gaze into each other's eyes like dance partners, trapeze artists, Madonna and child eating at the eons between beast and civil society with the universal tongue. The Barking Dogs of Mexico All night they bay and snarl, cut the air with salivating fangs. These scabby browns and salted skinny black dogs are meek and resigned in the sun. They obey, they acquiesce, they scat with a kick or a spit. 
They steal eggs from scratching hens, crusts of bread from between the road stones. But sunset, they stretch, unfurl, flex, and pack. In the blanket of nightfall, they roam the calles, take back the life that empties from their ribs, and bite. Next, I want to move to her collection titled Ciento, which is a collection of poetry, each poem written with a hundred words. So it's a disciplined effort, of course, and I admire the ability to uh, <laughs> make the poems meaningful and well, as well as linguistically um, precise, given the restraint of the hundred word frame. The first one is titled A Hundred Words for Fire. I want your fire, not your flame. What cauterizes, what heals, what enriches the soil. I want the fire of you, what burns fine to touch, what blazes in your gaze, the St. Elmo's fire of your dreaming, the ashes of your mea culpas. I want what evaporates hot tears, what transforms doubt into must. I want the sudden lick, the gulp of magic, tasseled sunsets all around. I want the molten core, the dynamo between your thighs, cauldron inside your eyes. Alchemized, I want the wisest you, the wizen you, word wizard you, enchanting bolt of spell. Of you. One hundred words of fantasy. I couldn't see the moon last night as it approached Perigee, but I heard it all night in the sea's lustful cries. The splashing crash of the earth's desire felt it throw itself at the land. A fantasy of loose spray, an act of passion. What I couldn't see filled me, a kind of feathered hope, a way of waving off this waiting, this sudden aging moonshift. All night, the lit cranking, the bucket of the world going up without me, holding on to all her nothing, her radiant rays, the rags of her aura, blessed upon the ocean. Well, that's a couple poems from Ciento, also from Wings Press in 2011. And now from Sueño, 2013 from Wings Press. I'm just going to read one selection here. Lorna de Cervantes has so many fabulous poems, it's hard to choose which ones to read. And one of the things I love about this uh, podcast that I do, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've mentioned this before, it, it to be an effective reader of poetry, you have to be in your own persona. You have to have your own personality, your own voice, your own perception of what's on the page. But at the same time, you want to not mimic what's on the page, but try to anticipate and re-embody what the writer has written. Uh, so that's quite a challenge, uh, none, <laughs> obviously, but... Uh, that's where the magic is for me personally. One of the great joys I get about this uh, is reading other people's poetry aloud. And I hope that translates to you, the listener. 
This is people talking in their sleep. Who comes out of that dead end alive, untouched, the surface of glass gasping with breath, the thick gauze touched up with sighs. Out of the woodwork of dreaming comes freedom from the dance of life, comes the future in a wheelbarrow filled with the nickels of nightmare. Come up on the stoop, play the marbles in your head through the gritting teeth. All the truths of summer slumber there on a dime. All the wits of winter wake up to grumble of game. All the leavings of autumn cry out through the teeth of sleep in the dream talking to its person. So each of the poems I've read this far, you've probably heard the, the, the assonance and the alliteration and the, the clever use of, of language uh, and the sound technique that she uses. Really skillfully done. Of course, probably my favorite book is Implumada, her first book written when she was a young lady. And uh, I'm going to read two poems from Implumada. Uh, Implumada feathered in plumage, as if in molting, is the masculine form, and the feminine form, pen or flourish. So she seems to be combining those two forms here uh, for the title of this book, which uh, brought her to the national stage. I teach, uh, I teach, I offer these poems, some of these poems of hers in my classes, and uh, the poem I'm going to read next is titled Freeway 280, and it's a little... Uh, alien at first to the students, but once we break it down, they, they really have a deep appreciation for this double consciousness that you feel in this poem. Freeway 280. La Casitas near the grain cannery nestled amid wild abrazos of climbing roses and man-high red geraniums are gone now. The freeway conceals it all beneath a raised scar but under the fake wind sounds of the open lanes in the abandoned lots below, new grasses sprout, wild mustard remembers, old gardens come back stronger than they were, trees have been left standing in their yards, albaricacaqueros, cerezos, nogales, viejetes come here with paper bags to gather greens, espinaca, verolagas, yerbabuena. I scrambled over the wire fence that would have kept me out. Once I wanted out, wanted the rigid lanes to take me to a place without sun, without the smell of tomatoes burning on swing shift in the greasy summer air. Maybe it's here in those campos extraños de esta ciudad where I'll find it, that part of me moan under like a corpse or a loose seed. Wow, that double simile that climaxes this poem, that resolves this poem is uh, a passage I will always remember. Maybe it's here in those campos extraños de esta ciudad where I'll find it, that part of me moan under like a corpse or a loose seed. And then the title poem from Implumada. When summer ended, the leaves of snapdragons withered, taking their shrill colored 
mouths with them. They were still so quiet. They were violet where Umber now is. She hated and she hated to see them go. Flowers born when the weather was good. This she thinks of watching the branch of peaches daring their ways above the fence and further two hummingbirds hovering stuck to each other arcing their bodies in grim determination to find what is good what is given them to find these are warriors distancing themselves from history they find peace in the way they contain the wind and are gone so that's two collections from Implumada, Pittsburgh University Press, way back in 1981. Poetry in that book is still unparalleled. Fabulous. I'll conclude the program reading from a, a poem from her 1991 title, From the Cables of Genocide. This book won the uh, Patterson Poetry Prize back in 92. And the poem I want to read is La Petite Mal. After Neruda. Le petit mal. Love, if I die, how do I explain it? Birds harbor mites between their breasts, and who knows it? Who speaks the dark secret of secretive dark arbors? Were I a bird, I would be a feather of a bird, as light as ash upon your gone brow, the furrow of lisp over the fur of your lips. I would take you I would take my advantage of you, beetle my legs between yours, do all lonesome penance before the sentence of your name, say special grace to your hope chest, quake before thin mountains of rivering, feathering, full now, a waking bird, my murmuring heart, my quiver and arrow, my shot. I'm shot, full of you, dead. So the passion comes through in these lines, the, uh, the human drama, love, lust, survival. Great poetry from Lorna de Cervantes. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me. If you're interested in my work, you can look at kenhayda.org. Until next week, I'm Ken Hayda with the Sunday Poems.